Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Kristen Kunarowskis is a speech-language pathologist with a private practice that serves children and adults in person, in schools, and via telepractice in Fredericksburg, Virginia. When Kristen was in graduate school, a supervisor planted the seed that maybe one day she would have a private practice. She kept that idea in the back of her mind for about 15 years before finally starting her private practice in 2020. Kristen's commitment to service to her community is deeply rooted in her faith. The cool thing is that Kristen and I actually went to graduate school together and had been good friends for 19 years. It's been so much fun to not only be friends with Kristen, but to also be a part of her private practice journey in both the Start and Grow Your Private Practice programs. In this episode, she talks about how she started her private practice and how she's growing it, which, hint, she uses one of the caseload filler strategies that we teach in the Grow Your Private Practice program. And she also shares how she's balancing her private practice life with her personal life, including her three children and her husband, who travels for work. If you've been thinking about starting a private practice to serve your community, whether or not you come from the same faith tradition as Kristen, this is a must-listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. I'm Kristen Kudarowskis. I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I own Chancellor Therapy Solutions. So this is an especially fun interview, everyone, because Kristen and I are actually friends from graduate school at Emerson in the early 2000s. So we've known each other for a really long time, and it's been so much fun for me to watch you be in grad school, then have a CF and an early career, and then morph into this awesome private practice life. So. Can we go back to the beginning of your journey and talk a little bit about what was that like? And then at what point did you start thinking about private practice? 
I love that we get to do this today, Jenna, because we do go way back. It's been really fun on this side of it to watch you grow and morph into the amazing contributor to our field that you are. But when I went to graduate school, I remember doing an internship at one of the local elementary schools. And I know I have a letter from that supervisor that said, I cannot wait till you open up your private practice. So this has definitely been on the back burner for a really long time. But I started out in and out of public schools and treating adults in assisted living facilities and skilled nursing facilities and day programs. I've done it all. I really have done all of the things. I always say that I'm a Jackie of all trades because I really have treated kids from two to 102 from any sort of diagnosis. And it's been really great. And it's allowed me to really figure out where I want to hone my skills and where I feel most passionate. And so over the past five years, as I've had kids and our family has grown and we relocated to the Fredericksburg area from Northern Virginia, we started to see a really big need in this area for private speech therapy. Fredericksburg is about an hour south of Washington, D.C., and there has been a huge amount of growth over the past decade since we've been down here. But the needs have not really been met for kids and adults that need speech therapy. And so it's always been in the back of my mind, how am I going to be able to serve my community in a tangible way, but also continue to do the things I love for work? while also balancing our three children at home and third dogs and a spouse that traveled for work and all the things. And once we hit COVID, and I think this is for a lot of people, you reevaluate things. And what am I doing? And how am I serving my community in a tangible way? And as we started to see the ripple effects of education and private therapy and the medical field, I started to get friends that just knew I did what I do, and they started asking, can you help me in this way? And so basically, I called you, Jenna, and I was like, I think it's time. We got to do this. And you helped me a lot to those early days, especially get me started. And my husband and I were just all in. And so we jumped in the summer of 2020, and I cannot get over, I just pinched myself, just how how we've been blessed over these past two years and the growth in this practice has been unexpected in so many ways, but so fulfilling. And I'm just really excited to see what happens next. Oh my gosh, me too. I literally remember when you joined the START program, we had talked about it. We had text, like Chris and I text all the time. We were like talking and you were like, I think it's time. And I'm like, come join us. Let's do this. And it's so different. Like whenever people join my programs, I always look at their name and like where they live. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You're going to bring services to Anchorage, Alaska. But also when it's someone that I actually know personally, I'm like, wow, like not only did they take a leap of faith on themselves, but like on me and it just gets that extra special personal twist to it, which is really pretty fun. Okay. Kristen joins, she jumps in, you start going through the material. And then how long would you say that it took you to go through that program till when you got that first client? I have to tell you, because we were seeing such a need, my husband and I were very, we're trying to be really prayerful about it. We wanted to make sure that we were making a good choice financially, but also for our family, because we knew that if I was going to jump in and do this thing that has been on the back burner for the better part of, at that point, 15 years, 
is this right for our family, but is it also going to be something that can serve the community? When I started getting phone calls, I just knew that I had to get my ducks in a row and make sure that on the kind of business side that I was doing everything right so that I could just dive in right away. So I actually was scrambling just to get a name (laughs) certified into the state so that I could start seeing this one child. And at that time, I was still working in home health. And two years ago, in 2020, home health went under this huge transformation about how Medicare was reimbursing. And it completely changed everything about how we did billing and how I was able to treat the patients that I wanted to treat, where severe stroke patients were now only being able to be seen six to eight times in a home health plan of care. And I was like, this isn't fair. But then you've got six-month wait list for outpatient speech therapy services because our hospital was the only outpatient clinic that was available, piling on top of the fact that it's COVID and all of these patients are trying to be pushed out of the hospital to make room for the acute patients that they needed room for, which was correct. It was just a time of stress and chaos. And I was finding that that one person would call and then she would tell a friend and then the friend would give me a call and say, oh, my cousin needs help. And so Within from January to December of 2020, I went from that one little kiddo to having a really great connection with the private school down the street for me. And I was serving about five or six kids. And I was like, I've made it. (laughs) I've done it. This is it. But of course, five or six clients aren't going to help pay the bills. So I stuck with my home health job for another year after that. And I remember when you made the decision to leave, right? Like at that point, I remember too, that's when you had, when you joined Grow. I think you joined Grow in either November or December of and yeah, so, 2021. 2021. And I remember that you posted in the group in December that you had just submitted your letter of resignation and that you felt so happy for the future, but also happy for the experience that you had working there. And there was just a lot of gratitude in the post, but just being excited for new beginnings too. A hundred percent. I really am super grateful for the Fredericksburg community is very small. Like I said, we're an hour south of D.C. And so there is this hometown feel. And I really feel like our field is very good at encouraging those that are coming up behind us and then really learning from those who are in front of us. And I was super fortunate to have worked for a sister team that owned the home health company that I worked for. When I came to them, they said, what can we do to support you in this? We want to watch another woman in the medical field be successful. And so I'm just so grateful for those connections that I had, not only just learning in the field, but also on the business side to say, you can do this. We have 25 years experience in this Fredericksburg community, and we are just going to pull you alongside. And they have been such a blessing to me just over the past couple of years, checking in, seeing how I'm doing. So it was hard to say goodbye to such a supportive team. I really don't think ever in my career I've had that much support, not just in, hey, you're doing a great job, but also adding value to who I am as a clinician and recognizing what we do as a field and being able to spread that to the community as well to see our asset as SLPs. Huge part of moving forward. I felt that confidence for sure. More employers should be like that. That's the ideal situation, right? So many people leave schools, hospitals, whatever, because of unhappy situations. You actually had, it sounds like a fairly happy situation, but 
I think you were also called to do more. So can you talk about that transition a little bit? Absolutely. As I got busier, I think in when I joined the GROW program in November, I think I probably had maybe 10 to 12 clients. And my husband and I had talked. We made a goal. Once we hit 15, it's time to say goodbye because I was really starting to feel the pull between home health and private practice and wanting to make sure that I was honoring both well. So as we transitioned into realizing that it was the time was when I had about, I don't know, a dozen phone calls in one week in November. And I was like, you know what? December 1st is going to be the day. It's the day. And it was it was hard. I was tearful. But again, my husband and I have really tried to be prayerful and seek counsel from those who've been there before and started their own small businesses in the Fredericksburg community. And we just really felt that this was the time. And I didn't know what the future held, but having a support system, not just through my spouse, but also my family and our small little community here in Fredericksburg, it just felt like it was the next right thing to do, for sure. I love that. And I know that one of the other things that's been really important to you is your faith, right? And that's been something that's helped carry you through some of these ups, downs, what am I doing next situations. Could you share a little bit about how that has contributed to your private practice journey? Absolutely. Prayer has always been such a big part of my life, and I really am not perfect at it, but I do really try to include just the Lord in any kind of decisions, especially big decisions when it comes to our finances and how we're spending our time as a family, both in and out of the home. I feel like the Lord has been super faithful in the way that He continues to just open doors where they need to be open and closing doors. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. I think it's really important to know when a door is closed and to honor that and move on versus doors being open. And I have a couple of really amazing stories to tell you about very specific ways that's happened. So two things. Right now, I currently have an SLPA who serves as a speech therapist in our private practice and also as an admin assistant part-time. And then we have an independent contractor with an SLP. Katie, our SLPA, she emailed me. She just found me on the internet and emailed me a year and a half ago. And she just was somebody who was super driven. And I don't know, I just felt really pulled toward her. She's just a great, she has a great personality, just a kind spirit. And I just knew that I wanted to be a part of her SLP journey, whatever that was. So we met for coffee. We laid out what the next steps would be if she wanted to become an SLPA versus an SLP. And we kept in touch intermittently. And then in the spring, she sent me another email. I've taken all my prerequisite courses. I want to be an SLPA. I'm going to start applying to graduate school in the fall, but I'm just, could I intern with you? And I was like, Lord, thank you. Because at this point in time, I was struggling. I had a full caseload. All of my systems were in place, but I didn't really have time to do anything with them because I was just trying to see clients. And she came in and just was the breath of fresh air I needed in my life. And she has been an incredible blessing. And she's almost done with her certification to be an SLPA, but she's been helping me see clients, helping keep my head on straight. (laughs) So she has been amazing. And then the other fun story is just I, as part of my faith, I'm a part of a small women's group who we get together every other week and pray together and do Bible studies together. And a night in the spring, I was like, guys, I am drowning and I don't know what to do. And I am not kidding you. 12 hours later, 
I had a friend who is an occupational therapist message me and she's, I don't know, I feel like this is weird, but you need to meet my friend, Jess. She's incredible. She's looking for part-time work. I think you guys would really get along. And she is one of the smartest humans I know. She is an incredible therapist. And I keep getting phone calls from the families that are being helped by her and just singing her praises. So I'm just so grateful that And I think I'm going to continue to just pray for amazing therapists that are smarter than me and (laughs) incredibly kind. And we really do kind of circle back to our virtues of kindness and compassion and honesty serving the community. I just feel like as long as we keep going back to those pillars, we just can't be led astray. And I love that. And it is really cool when those kind of things happen. And so I love that this is, has worked out for you in this way. And also what you said about both opening doors, but also closing doors, because there are things that happen in private practice that maybe seem like a good idea or seem like they're worth pursuing. And then for whatever reason or another, they're not, right? And, and sometimes it's hard to tell, right? It truly is hard to tell. So I love that you've been able to lean on your faith to help you make some of these decisions and find comfort in going toward the things that it seems like that's a clear yes to, and then figuring out what to do about the things that perhaps you're not sure about. And I love that you have these amazing clinicians and clinician in the making to help you really grow your practice so that you can be of more service to your local community. Absolutely. It's been so fun. We don't have any signed contracts with any private schools, but we have agreements with three different private schools in the area. And last year, it was on a wing and a prayer. They're like, all right, we're going to trust you. We've got a couple of alumni that say you're a good person and we think you're a good therapist. So let's just try it out. And so we had 20 screens completed at one of the private Christian schools in our area. And we are in the middle right now of completing I think it's about 95 right now, screen requests. It's That's just one school. We've got probably another two dozen at the other two schools that we're in. So we really want to make sure that the community trusts us. Like we want to be those go-to therapists that they know that if it's Katie or me or Jess or anybody else that we hire, that we are trustworthy with their kids or coming into their homes, wherever it may be, or even on telehealth, if we can just earn their trust and continue to demonstrate that over time, it's clear, especially in that one relationship. But I think we're making really beautiful connections this community. And that's what it's all about. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. So 95 from the screening. We're feeling a little stressful about that. <laughs> um, it's time to light up those prayers again, I think. So in, in the Grow Your Private Practice program, we call those caseload fillers, right? Uh-huh. Where uh-huh. You're tapping into some caseload fillers. And I know you have the beginnings of a team, but it may be time to think about adding to that if you keep doing these screenings that are a lot of kids. <laughs> it's a lot of kids, Jenna. It's a lot of kids. You're right. And you know what? The thing about it is that I just love that I get to go in and be a part of those private schools because it is something that is a more insular community. So I feel so grateful that they are trusting me to come into those buildings and I'm getting to build relationships with families and kids that I wouldn't necessarily get to meet or know. But yeah, that's definitely on the docket. We're settling in. We we all telling each other like, October is going to be great. We're going to have a nice, smooth schedule. All of the big screenings will be complete and we'll 
be able to settle in. And that's when we're going to see if we can start to look to hire another SLP for sure. Yeah. And maybe even a little more, a few more hours a week, more than just 10 or 15. We're looking at more than that. Right yeah. Now. Which is so yeah. incredible because at the time of this recording, it's early September, right? Yes. So the fact all of this has happened since December of last year, like that is not a lot of time to be like having this amount of growth and then anticipated growth going forward. Like imagine on December 1st of this year, when you look back and you think of everything that has happened in the last year, I think it's going to blow your mind. Yes, 100%. And honestly, Janet, like we just celebrated two years. And on that anniversary was the night of the open house for new families at this one particular school. And we took a picture and I don't do a lot of social media and I probably should have capitalized on it, but I didn't because I'm terrible at it. But just looking back, I made sure that we got a picture of the three of us and I just looked back in awe, like being shut down for however many months and weeks and it was and taking the leap of faith and just seeing where it is. I just know that God's hand is in this and I'm going to continue to just sing his praises because I know that has only been his provision and not mine that has got me here. I just can't wait to see how he moves next. I really can't. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see then how you move next in accordance, right? So try to think ahead the next like six to 12 months, right? By next school year starting. What do you think your practice might look like at that point? That's a great question. And honestly, it's one of the things that I go back and forth on. I really, right now I'm primarily private pay. I do have a couple of insurance contracts, but I just don't feel like that is the avenue in which I want to serve my communities. I'm feeling a lot more restricted and I can't serve the kids I want to serve because of that. I also know there's a great need in the area for clinicians that can be trusted and can be consistent. And so I go back and forth to knowing that if I open a clinic and serve a Medicaid population, that I would be able to be serving a part of our population that I just can't access right now because we would be able to see kids within that clinic setting. But I also love being in our families' homes. I think that it has tapped into a part of therapy that I just have been missing for the, how many years? How, when did we graduate, Jenna? <laughs> 17 oh, years? <laughs> yeah, 2005, so 17 years for 17 years of practice. I'm seeing growth and progress in ways that I've never seen before. And I just love this model. And I know it's not for everybody, but that's the beauty of private practice. So I'm finding that my SLPA and my contracted SLP, that they really like the combination of in-home and private school service provision. So I feel like that probably is where we're going to stay. We've been talking about opening and closing doors and what that looks like. But right now I've had two offers to go in on the holistic office space. And I just, I'm real, I've been sitting on that right now. That's where my prayers have been focused is, is this the next right choice? Or do we just sit and see what happens? Because God's been so good in these two years. And so that right now is tough because you want to do that, right? You want to get the building or get the office space and grow. But then again, I have these incredible relationships with these families. And I want to make sure that that's, that's the core of who we are at CTS. And I want to make sure that we keep that. That really is the beauty is you can make those decisions and you can change your mind. If right now it makes more sense to be mobile, maybe like you're starting more with schools and whatever else, like 
maybe for now it doesn't make sense to have the brick and mortar space. But maybe that's not to say that even two months from now, after you do all these greetings, we may make a different decision. But that's the cool thing is that when you get to make these decisions for yourself, for the therapists that work with you, for your community, for the clients who desperately need you, like that's the control that people are missing in like school and hospital settings. And that is one of the big things that leads to burnout, that not having that control over your caseload and your hours and your income and all those kind of other things. So I love that you've started to break free from that or have broken free from that. And you're making your own decisions. Yes, exactly. And honestly, that has been such an incredible blessing to our family because my husband does not work in town. He commutes every day. And we are grateful for the opportunities that he has up in Washington, D.C. But that kind of leaves me as the Lone Ranger here as the parent during the week and going to soccer games and baseball games and field hockey games and practices and all of that. So it really has allowed me to say, no, these are my hours. And yes, I am going to respond to that text because I care about your family and your kiddo that I'm in your home every single week. But also my family, I've gotten a lot of feedback actually from families that have said, we are so grateful that you set boundaries. And we are so grateful that we get to see you living out your calling as a speech pathologist and as a mom and as a spouse and as a friend. And it really is a more holistic approach. And I get to say yes, and I get to say no. And I'm hoping that I'm also passing that along to the people that I'm bringing onto our team as well. I want them to feel freedom to say, you know what? I can't take that extra client this week or this month for whatever reason. I want them to have that freedom, you know? I do. And it's so interesting. The person who was on the last podcast, Erin Zink, she's an OT who was also in the GROW program. That was one of the things that she said was a big takeaway was shifting from scrambling to do all of the things for all of the people, which is really part of that starting phase, to really when you move into the growth phase, you can't do that. That's not sustainable. You set your hours and you stick to them and you say, I'm available Tuesdays at four or whatever. Like that's the time. That's what I have available. And you have them shift their schedule to fit yours if they want that. But that's a huge shift. Listeners, it is totally normal in the beginning to run around accommodating everybody. And because you need that, you need to build your practice, you need to do that. But at some point, there is a shift of like, how can I make sure that I'm creating something that really serves, still serves me too, and my family in the hours that I need to keep to to get to the t-ball games and field hockey and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to create something that's sustainable. And burning the candle at both ends and saying yes to everything is not a sustainable way of life, personally or in our business. You're right. That first year felt a little chaotic just because I felt like I had to say yes. But now I know I have a very specific passion for early language and OMT. So I'm going to focus on early language and OMT. And guess what? I've got I've got a great contract therapist who loves mid to late elementary school, who works in Arctic and loves it. And I'm going to give her those clients as much as I possibly can. So that's been the beauty is, oh my gosh, look, Jenna, have we talked 17 to 18, 19 years ago? And you asked me what I wanted to do. It would not have been early language and OMT. No. I will take we love adult people. It was like you, me, and our friend Jesse. We yeah. shout out Jesse, adult private practice in Colorado, the West. Yeah, she's in Fort Collins. Yeah, Fort, Fort Collins. Collins. Yeah. 
Yes. She has lived all over the West. I've lost track. But anyway, it's so cool to think that we, we were really the adult people in the class. And then Jesse and I stuck with, but Jesse does kids now too, doesn't she? She does too. It's insane. Yes, it's great. I love it so much. <laughs> I know it's like I have my own children. I'm not a therapist for kids, for kids. But, it's, but that's the beauty of it, too, is you can mix and match and you can let your practice be what you want it to be. But you're absolutely right. Had we talked about all of this when we were grad students, we would have had no idea. But like that supervisor who wrote you that note about, I can't wait till you have a private practice one day, like how amazing that they planted that seed in you that took however long it took, but it was there and it came through like when you needed it to. Yes, 100%. I'm so grateful. Laura Vish, thank you so much. She's the best in the best. She is really the best. Going back to that seed that was planted, she and all of my externship supervisors were incredible, but she really pushed me to explore all of the different facets of the SLP world. She had that hindsight being that next generation ahead of me. She knew what it takes to keep that longevity going in our field and make sure that we're like keeping things fresh and honing in on our skills and finding our niche and what keeps us passionate. And I've worked with adults for most of my career as well as children. And I still, I'm still Medicare credentialed and I do every once in a while, I'll get my little CVA that I'll go and see him in his home. And I actually have a contact with a workman's comp agency. And so every once in a while, I'll get my TBI folks coming in and it's great. I love like keeping those skills fresh and making sure I get those adult contacts. But then I also get to see my like sweet little babies that I saw this morning. That was super fun. <laughs> so <laughs> crawling around all over the place. Man, I love this. Yeah. What a journey it's been. And it's been so incredible to both know you personally, to watch this unfold, and then to see what happens next. Who knows what will happen next, but I know it will be incredible. And I know that as you continue to keep service as your like primary thing that's driving you, like you can only go right with that. There's so many people who need you. There's so many people who need all of us. There's, you know, people going without services, stuck on wait lists, who are desperately waiting for us to find the courage to start or grow our businesses so we can help more people. And so thank you for being a real private practice hero who's been able to do this. Thank you so much, Jenna. And I just want to encourage anybody who is considering or thinking about starting the private practice or growing the private practice, you have the skills. They are in you and you have the skills. You really do. And I just want to encourage our fellow SLPs to just know your worth. You are worth something so much more than you even know. And you've got this. I know that you do. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Kristen. Of course. Thanks for having me, Jenna. Don't you just love Kristen? I'm a bit biased since we've been friends for almost 20 years, but I truly love how dedicated she is to her community and her values. She is a perfect example of someone who had a great career as an SLP and worked in a variety of settings and then finally decided that she was ready to take full control over her professional, personal, and financial life, and she started a private practice, which is growing every day. If you would like to learn more about our programs and how we supported Kristen at various stages of her private practice journey and how we can support you too, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast.
Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.